this evening for our devotional. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles with me, if you would, and turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be reading verses 4 through 7 this evening. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Hear now the reading of God's word. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, please be with us now as we delve into this text this evening for our devotions. Remind us of all that we have to be thankful for in Christ Jesus our Lord. We ask this all in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, uh, one thing as we come to our text this evening that we see is that we as fallen human beings lose focus. While studying this week, I, I came across a study that every, uh, the, the average American attention span is now eight seconds, which is really sad when, when you think about the fact that the average goldfish's attention span is nine seconds. It's kind of a scathing indictment, really. But we easily forget and we lose focus on, on the important things in life, and when we get wrapped up into, in the day-to-day grind, as it were, we can lose focus on the ultimate things. As Christians, we forget who we are in Christ and what Christ has done for us. We have, we have so much to be thankful for, brothers and sisters, even in the midst of our afflictions, because of the wonderful gift that we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Tonight we're going to see that that because of the grace shown us in Jesus Christ, we can rejoice in the Lord always, we can give thanks, and we can have peace in all circumstances. And and to do this tonight, we're going to be looking at three things. I know it's a short devotional, but we can still do three points, right? First, we're going to have the command to rejoice. Second, we're going to have the reason for our reasonableness. And third, we're going to have the result of our reality. Again, that's The command to rejoice, the reason for our reasonableness, and the result of our reality. So with that in mind, let's get started by looking at our command to rejoice. So, as we come to our our passage this evening, a little background is in order. This passage is actually kind of the culmination of the Apostle Paul's message here to the church in Philippi. So far, Paul in this letter has revealed Christ in in his atoning work on the cross He's explained why he is thankful and rejoicing even in his imprisonment for the sake of Christ and for Christ's gospel. He's shown us what it is to serve in the personal work of Jesus Christ. And he's also referenced the the work of Timothy and Epaphroditus. And he has called us to put our faith in Christ rather than the things of this world. to, To know what it is to press on towards the goal. And now he's wrapping everything up in that nice little bow uh, for these believers in Philippi and for us here today. We're going to see that, that because of all these wonderful things that, that Paul has explained throughout his letter, he tells us to rejoice. He's not just asking us to rejoice here, but, but he's actually commanding us 
to rejoice. If you look there at verse 4 in your Bibles, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. These are commands. He means it. He's saying it twice in one verse. He's exhorting the the church to to know who Jesus Christ is and who they are in him. He's saying, this is your reality now. Now now think about what this means for, for these Christians and for those of us here today. This is not some kind of circumstantial happiness, but, but rather it's, it's a, a sure contentment rooted in, in, in the person and work of Jesus Christ and, and our sovereign almighty God. It's this surety that's, that's based on who God is and what God has accomplished for us in Christ. So as we approach Thanksgiving tomorrow, I have to ask the question, brothers and sisters, is this where your heart is this evening? Is your hope and joy rooted in the circumstances that you find yourself presently in? Or is it rooted in Jesus Christ and what he has already accomplished for you? If you'll turn back with me a page to to chapter 2, when we look at uh, chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 in Philippians. Starting at chapter 2, at at verse 6, we see that Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by, be- by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Brothers and sisters, that's what Jesus Christ has done for us. And, and no election, no persecution, no politician can ever take that away from us. Our joy comes from Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. And because it's rooted in Jesus Christ and what he has already accomplished, nothing can take our joy. Nobody can take joy from the people of God. This brings us to our second point this evening. The reason for our reasonableness. Now if you'll again, if you'll look at your Bibles, verses 5 and 6, we read again, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So again, we have another command. Believers are commanded to let their reasonableness, otherwise translated as gentleness in some different translations, be known to everyone. We're not to let our reasonableness or or our gentleness be known uh, to to just brothers and sisters in the Lord or or people who agree with us, but to everyone. Because it doesn't matter who we're talking to, to know who we are in Jesus Christ. Nothing changes. We're, We're free to engage the world around us as ones who have been changed, as those who have a future hope. It says, Paul says, the Lord is at hand. Jesus Christ is coming again. He's, he's going to judge living and dead. And those who are in Christ have paradise to look forward to. It's already been won. Therefore, nothing should shake us or cause us to be anxious about anything in this life. Christ will come again. And we will go with him in glory. 
we're also commanded to not be anxious. We, we don't have to, to worry about this or that. We don't, we don't have to cede ground to anybody or anything in this world. You know, we, we are free to be faithful in Jesus Christ. But this isn't just some lifeless or, or relationshipless uh, fact. We are also commanded to make our prayers and supplications or, or requests known to God with thanksgiving, as we see here in our text. Now, if you've been paying attention, that's five commands already in these four, four verses in our Bible. We, we are able to come to God the Father as Almighty as his blood-bought, adopted children in Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't have to live lives as, as those who are in isolation either. We, we live as those who are brought into the family of God, as those who can cast our cares upon, to our loving Father. We're, we're free to seek his help in those moments in which we are tempted in order that, that we might have this, this spirit-given confidence and trust in the truth of the gospel. And this is all to be done with thanksgiving. We, we are to approach God with our prayers and requests, not as ones who are beholden to, to, to what we want and what we need, but as those who, are, who, who subject our affections, rather, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's as Calvin says, that the will of God will be the grand sum of our desires. So, so we're not alone in, in, in the troubles of this world, and we can go to our Father in heaven as his adopted children in Jesus Christ. And this brings us to our third point, the result of our reality. So what happens when believers rejoice in the Lord, when they know of his future coming, and, 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 and approach the throne of grace with their prayers and supplications in times of uncertainty? Well, we see in our passage this evening that when these things happen in the life of the believer, by the work of the Holy Spirit, of course, they will experience this peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that will guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. Now look at what's being promised here. The peace of God will save you from yourself in times of trouble. When your emotions are, are weighing you down and when your thoughts are getting the best of you, you can turn to Christ and find respite in him. Because nothing this world can throw at you can shake who Christ is, what Christ has done for you, or who you are in Christ. Brothers and sisters, isn't that freeing? Isn't that something to rejoice about around the table tomorrow with our loved ones? Isn't that something to quell the anxieties that you may be facing at this time, whether it be that prognosis that you're staring down, that major event that you're planning for, that business, that business proposal that you're working on. Brothers and sisters, this is why we are to come to the Lord in all things in thanksgiving. Who we are in Christ will not be changed by these things, and Christ will deliver us comfort in these things. This gives us a cause to celebrate this thanksgiving, regardless of any of the hardships that we may be experiencing at this present time. Now in a moment here, we're going to be singing, It is well with my soul. And I don't know if you guys have heard the background to this particular hymn, but it illustrates perfectly 
what our passage is talking about this evening. This, this hymn was written in 1873 by a man named Horatio Spafford. After he experienced a number of traumatic events in his life. First, he, he experienced the death of his four-year-old son. And then he was ruined in the great Chicago fire of 1871. He was a successful lawyer, and he invested everything in real estate in the Chicago area that was just devastated by the fire. And then he also lost the rest of his fortune in the economic downturn afterwards. And then finally, his wife and four daughters in 1873 sailed to England uh, to help D.L. Moody with his evangelistic efforts there. Spafford was supposed to go with his wife and four daughters, but uh, business held him up. He had some zoning things to work at with that failed property investments that he had. So he sent his wife and four daughters off. And they left on the SSV de Havre. It's French. But it, it, that's an important name because when you look at the Trinity Psalter hymnal, that's the name of the tune for this particular hymn. But while they were in the Atlantic, they collided with the ship called Loch Urn and sank. And only Spafford's wife survived the wreck and sent him a telegraph message that's famous now that just says, saved alone, dot, dot, dot. What an utterly devastating loss this must have been. When I look at my wife and our four children, I can't imagine what Horatio Spafford must have been going through at this time. So he... He gets on a boat to travel across the Atlantic to England to be with his grieving wife as he's grieving the loss of his four daughters. And it's at this time when he's passing past, passing by rather, the place where, where this wreck happened, that this man still wrote the words to it as well with my soul. He, could, he, he knew his God well enough to utter whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say. It is well, it is well with my soul. That, brothers and sisters, is the peace that surpasses all understanding. That is, is, is the surety that we have in Jesus Christ. So with that, I, I invite you tonight, tomorrow, always really, to turn to Christ, to rejoice in him, to be reasonable in him, to, to come to him with your prayer and supplications, to find your peace in him, so that regardless of our circumstances, with thanksgiving in our hearts, we too may say, it is well, it is well with my soul. May God grant it. Amen. Please pray with me now. Um, tonight's closing prayer is, is taken from the Valley of Vision, that great collection of Puritan prayers, but it's called Resting in God, and I just thought it was really fitting. So let's pray. O God, most high, most glorious, the thought of your infinite serenity cheers me. For we are toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed. But you are forever at perfect peace. Your designs cause you no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills. Your power knows no bound. Your goodness knows stent. You bring order out of confusion, and our defeats are your victories. The Lord God omnipotent reigns. We come to you as sinners with cares and sorrows to leave every concern entirely to you, every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. 
Revive deep spirituality in our hearts. Let us live near to the great shepherd. Hear his voice. Know its tones. Follow its calls. Keep us from deception by causing us to abide in the truth. From harm by helping us to walk in the power of the spirit. Give us a more intense faith in the eternal realities. Burning into us by experience the things we know. Let us never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel. That we may bear its reproach. Vindicate it. See Jesus as its essence. Know in it the power of the Spirit. Lord, help us, for we are often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars our confidence. Sin makes us forget you. Let the weeds that grow in our souls be cut at their roots. Grant us to know that we truly live only when we live to you. That all else is trifling. Your presence alone can make us holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in us. Oh, gracious God. And Father, help us to rejoice in you and not be shaken by the troubles of this life, all the while coming to you in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, that we too might know your peace every day, guide our conversations with our family and friends tomorrow, that we might be a salt and a light, and grant us all your traveling mercies. We ask this all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.